Welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I have a very exciting guest coming back with us today in the podcast. Husband drop. (laughs) Glad to be back. Thanks for having me on, Alicia. I'm excited about today's episode. I think it's going to hopefully open some eyes to some individuals who well, I don't want to get into it too much without you kind of setting the stage first. But anyway, you're in store for a good episode today. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. I may be a little biased, and you too, because we're very passionate about this topic today. Um, But I do want to say that the last uh, episode we had you on as a guest was a hit. People are loving it. It's actually one of our most listened to um, episode so far, which is cool and exciting. Everyone wants to hear from, from Michael, or maybe they just want to hear us talk and communicate together. Yeah. I think we offered two unique perspectives and, um, yeah, the feedback was great from the first one and I'm happy to jump on and help out. We are both passionate about these topics, so it's cool that we get to record them together. Yeah. So if you guys haven't checked out that, uh, episode, I believe it's episode number three, where we talked a lot about um, burnout and how to overcome that and what you can do on an individual and um, collective level to um, prevent it and overcome it. So I think it's episode three. It is. All right. So today's topic, you guys, is all about uh, nature. And The reason that we want to talk about this, one, we're both very clearly passionate about it. I mean, Michael's company is literally called Catching Leadership so that you can learn how to be a better leader using um, fishing as an analogy, (laughs) okay? And uh, for me, my book that's coming out, The Six Gold Keys to Wellbeing, one of my keys is actually the key of nature. Um, And so I am equally as passionate about it. I have hosted several um, wellness retreats over the last few years in nature because so much healing can be done in nature. And what's super interesting is that what's happening today is technology is taking over our lives. And technology, I think, is a really great thing, right, Michael? Um, obviously we're using it right now to share this information with you, to connect with people all over the world. It's super awesome. However, too much of anything is not a good thing, right? And so this is exactly, um, kind of the negative effects of, uh, technology that's happening is that it is causing people to be, um, super anxious, super depressed, um, and really not in tune with their their spirit and themselves and their own happiness levels. In fact, there's a book that I have in front of me right now called um, Last Child in the Woods. And it is written by a man named Richard Loeb, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. But in this book, what he did uh, is he did 
tons of research on the negative effects of not spending enough time outdoors. Um, And he coined this phrase, nature deficit disorder. And he's really big on how much this disorder of not being uh, in nature enough is really harming our children, which I have a lot to say about that, but that's a whole other topic, okay? Um, Or a podcast episode, which I may have to do because you can hear me getting like really passionate about it, Um, but also for adults, okay? And the, it's really exactly what it says, right? We're spending too much time indoors, specifically too much time on technology and not enough time in nature. And this is causing a lot of issues. Thoughts, Michael? I'm curious if you look on the inside of the book, when was that actually published? Because, I mean, it was definitely... it was like 2012. Let me see here. Yeah. So my point being that like he was already uncovering a lot of this going on before the pandemic, clearly before we become even more plugged into technology and our phones. So this yep. is this is real. Yeah. What 2005, you... actually. 2005. And he started doing the research before he obviously published the book. And so he's he's been on it, right? And it's only gotten worse, clearly, yeah. since 2005. Yeah. Think about anxiety levels and, yeah, stress, distractions, and just disconnection. It's something we talk a lot about with our corporate clients of how to stay more mindful. And um, so, yeah, naturally, you clearly align with this book. I clearly align with it, too. And today, I really want to just kind of explore some of the recent research and then just kind of what we offer in terms of um, the benefits to the people we work with by getting outside and reconnecting into nature. I also want to mention that this discussion is, you know, relevant right now and the metaverse hasn't even officially released, you know? And I think it's just so interesting that we're so much more invested and like excited about creating a new virtual world to live in and we aren't even appreciating the real natural world that is like so much more interesting and exciting and real that's just right outside your door. And to that point, I think it's all about escape. We're trying to escape from things. And when I say we, I'm speaking generally the entire population. We want to escape the stress or the anxiety. We want to find that next new solution and It's going to be through some portal where I can have an avatar and it's cool and I can connect with people and, you know, look at how awesome and new this thing is. But really deep down inside, it's all about getting back to ourselves and getting back to our roots when we feel the best. And that requires us getting back into nature, which we've evolved for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, I think, too, it's more interesting and exciting to look for like a new way to feel good and that something that's been tried and true isn't as new and exciting so it doesn't seem like it can be as helpful as it really is do you know what i mean Uh, a thousand percent I, i think sometimes this comes up with like meditation for instance there are a lot of people we work with who have meditation apps downloaded on their phone they never use them 
And it's great if you use it, but you don't necessarily need an app or technology to meditate or to close your eyes and quiet your mind and breathe. And so to your point, like a lot of this stuff is ancient wisdom that we, for whatever reason, think we need to reinvent the wheel or throw technology or the metaverse or whatever at it. Mm -hmm. And we need to get back to our roots and our core. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think too, it's embracing the simplicity of, of healing and of happiness, right? Like we don't need to make it so complicated uh, because it's not. And I think sometimes we use that as a crutch to our happiness and to our health, that it has to be this complicated you know, thing, this extra additional step that it really just doesn't need to be. And if we're doing that, we can ask ourselves, why, why do I feel the need to make this more complicated than it really is? Because it's not at the end of the day. Yeah, spot on. So, okay, we have um, been looking at some really cool research to back up what we're saying. (laughs) And we found this really cool and interesting um, research article that has been brought to our attention. And I think, Mike, I'm going to let you kind of share a little bit more about, about the article itself. Yeah, so the article was, it was published a few years back, I think it was 2012, but it was about creativity. It's called um, Creativity in the Wild, Improving Creative Reasoning Through Immersion in Natural Settings. And the gist of this article is that they took a group of hikers, uh, naive hikers who weren't necessarily used to going out into nature as much as regular hikers would be, And they also did a little bit of a detox from technology. And one of the core findings that they found after a four-day immersion in nature uh, was that it increased performance on creativity problem-solving tasks by a full 50% in a group of naive hikers by getting outside, unplugging. And I'm sure that, you know, this is one finding and it's just kind of scratching the surface of this type of research. And I'm sure there's a lot of other articles. If there are and you know of any, please share them with us because this is a hotbed uh, topic for us. We like to bring the the latest and greatest stats on this stuff, not because it's just self-serving for our own businesses and, and what we like to do, because this is actually really needed for people right now to Alicia's earlier point, and it can actually help creativity, brain functioning, overall health. But the cool thing about it is that there are some evidence-based research studies going on right now showing the power of immersing yourself in nature, which I would love to in the future be a part of a study like this. So if there's anyone listening who has connections to a university who studies you know, the physiological outcomes of unplugging and getting tapped into nature, I think one of Alicia or my retreats would be a great way to demonstrate some of uh, the effects, the positive effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that study is super interesting. And like Michael said, there's like, there's hundreds, if not thousands of like really cool um, studies on the power being immersed in nature for a day a couple days and uh, what that does especially for people who um, don't spend a lot of time outdoors right like really drastic 
results. Um, but this study in particular, I think, is really beneficial to perhaps our listeners because maybe you are someone who feels like you're kind of trapped a little bit in your creativity, um, or maybe you feel like you just aren't as like sharp with your problem-solving skills sometimes and feel a little bit like, oh, I don't know, right? We all know that feeling. It actually reminds me of, and I'm not going to remember the exact name of the concept. There is a, a word for it, but it was something that I read in a book called Range by David Epstein. And basically, when it came to these entrepreneurs who are trying to problem solve and innovate new solutions, new products, or what have you, instead of getting so laser focused on the actual product or the end outcome itself and the technology associated with it, they would find parallel experiences, so like getting out into nature or going somewhere else, completely kind of forgetting about the solution they were trying to solve for, and then allowing new ideas to formulate as they were doing a different activity. And when they came back to the drawing board on that solution, they would get hit with these nuggets of geniusness that they wouldn't have otherwise have come to if they were just staying laser focused on the task at hand. Mm. Yeah, it's like creating space to allow it to come through and then that can come through out in nature. I mean, that's something that I personally do and I write about in my book on the key to nature, which is the power of um, a walk outdoors to tap into a creative solution, okay? I'm also a huge believer in being uh, solutioned focused, right? Like I am a... um, I seek solutions, right? Like I constantly am seeking solutions instead of focusing on the problem and ruminating on that. Uh, a really powerful well-being tip is to be a um, focus on solutions. And so one way to do that is to get into nature without like, to Michael's point, focusing on, I need to, to figure out this solution and I need to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Instead, go out there and allow the solution to come through you. And it almost always does with the power of being outdoors and immersing yourself in it, right? Yeah, you have to let go of the need for control, right? When you're just so constricted in your thought process to just surrender and allow the signs to come to you. And that requires being a really good observer, clearing your mind and going out into nature and paying attention to the details, the little things that you otherwise wouldn't be paying attention to because your head is locked in on your phone and you're looking down. And meanwhile, there's something beautiful happening right in front of you in the environment that you can then appreciate and then hopefully take it back into some other aspect in your life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like when I go for... Uh, a walk with the intention of, of having a solution come through, right? Or a new idea. It usually comes through before I'm even back home from my walk, right? When I am allowing myself to be completely immersed in nature, meaning I'm not on my phone while I'm walking. Although I do that sometimes, right? It's not like I <laughs> am perfect and I'm outside, I'm not on my phone. But when I'm very intentional with that, uh, it's so much easier to let that let that come through because I'm immersing right in my in all of my senses. I'm looking at the trees. I'm um, breathing in the air. I am 
listening to the wildlife, even like the birds chirping, or right now with winter, the sound of silence is really uh, powerful as well. So um, immersing, I think, is a really big part of this that I want people to take away. And I think with what you're doing, Michael, that is like you're giving them an activity to immerse themselves completely in nature, which I think is super cool. Yeah, so it combines everything that we've been talking about up to this point, but then also it embodies the concept of flow, which when I'm out fishing, I know a lot of times people think about fishing in terms of like drinking beer and throwing a bobber out there and just waiting for something to bite the end of your line. But that's not the type of fishing that that I do. My fishing is very active. It's very thought provoking. I'm always thinking about what's going on underneath the water, you know, the, the areas that you can't see. How can you match the hatch? What's going on in the weather? And so I'm like really in the zone in a flow state while being outside and reaping the benefits of the fresh air, the sunshine, all of the great things that does for me. And when I come home from a fishing experience, I typically feel very rejuvenated and I feel happy. And yes, I'll I'll even have bursts of creativity, but I don't know how you replicate that through some technological solution. Like there's something magical about being in flow, being in nature, being appreciative and learning whatever life lessons you need to learn that day by just getting out there and doing it. Yeah, I love that. Um, And if our listeners aren't um, into fishing, what I do, which I'm not opposed to fishing, right? Me personally, but... Um, what I like to do is explore a new trail. So that's how I'm able to access that sense of like awe and wonder of nature is literally treating myself as if I am an explorer on planet Earth, right? So uh, that's why I love seeking out new trails that I've never been on before because it feels like And it actually is like I am exploring something new. And so every turn and every corner I'm on the trail, it's like, ooh, what's around here, right? And you're just so in it. You're so there because you've never seen it before. Um, And you get to like take everything in, right? So then when I leave a new trail that I've ever been on before, that's when I experience that that, like peace and that um, inspiration and that creativity. I just feel so good that's such an awesome point you can't replicate the way that it feels the first time that you go and experience something your heart gets racing you experience some emotion it's like adventurous and you're just like wow i saw something new today and you didn't quite know exactly how it was gonna go or if you made the right turn but like it was just stimulating Mm -hmm. on all levels and i feel that way when i go to a new body of water And a lot of people will avoid these types of experiences because they don't know, right? Mm. You don't know where the trail is going to take you. I don't know if I'm going to catch any fish if I go to a new place. But by going to the same things that you always know, and we are creatures of habit, you know, and routine, it's good to break those routines. It's good to exercise your mind in new ways. Uh, It's such a beautiful thing when you come back home and you're like, you feel so much more satisfied because you did something new. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it is um, 
you're experiencing something totally new and that is very satisfying to you, but also you're experiencing something new outside, um, which we've hammered pretty hard how, <laughs> how important it is and how beneficial it is to, to your overall health and well-being, you know? Yeah, I mean, let, let's just list them off. You, you probably know more than I do, but from what I do know is that when you're outside, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, so yep. it's going to reduce stress. I believe there's quite a bit of studies on inflammation and how even grounding outside can reduce inflammation in the body, mm-hmm. which is incredible. You get the health benefit of vitamin D, which is really good for your immune support with the sunshine. I'm sure the clean air is good, the, the fresh air getting outside and not being exposed to maybe as many toxins and impurities in certain buildings. Uh, the physical activity and the movement, whatever you're doing, even if it's light, is good just for circulation and blood flow. Um, I'm sure there's other things too, but just right off the bat, you know, there's some serious advantages. And, and maybe many of you know this, but next time you're out in nature and you're being intentional about it, just give yourself a little bit of credit and kind of soak in all of these benefits and tune in and tap into yourself when you get back. How do you feel? when you get back versus if you didn't get outside and do whatever activity it was. I'm impressed you've pretty much nailed all of them. I'm sure I forgot some. Oh, I bet it I bet it helps with sleep too. There's it does. gotta be some kind of sleep equation here. <laughs> Very good, Michael. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. One thing that helps the most with sleep and nature is um, getting morning sunlight on your skin. Because Uh, It's the morning sun directly on your skin that kind of resets your circadian rhythm. And so if you can get out and get morning sun for 10 minutes, that will kind of reset you and help you sleep better at night. So if you're having issues with that, that's what you want to do. And that comes back to the technology thing, how we're getting out of sync with our circadian rhythm because we're checking electronics all the time and having artificial light. So. And then it's really interesting, too, because so it's draining um, your melatonin, right, Mm -hmm. by looking at it before bed. And now there's all this research coming out about how people are taking too much melatonin. I saw that. That it's messing with them. And so instead of just looking at your phone and be like, oh, it's fine that it's, you know, sucking it all out. I'll just take additional melatonin to offset it. What if the solution is to just not be on your phone as much before you go to sleep you know like let's make some lifestyle choices here instead of there's always a pill solution even if it's a natural you know thing we need to i think get away from always using the one pill solution as a way to solve a problem instead of overhauling your lifestyle yeah, I think with melatonin, since it's naturally produced, if you can get that natural mechanism up and up and running the way it's supposed to be by tuning into your circadian rhythm, reducing electronics, that's all great. If you do occasionally take melatonin, that beats the alternative, which would be like heavy sleep aid, you know, dependent type drugs. Yeah, but- it's meant to be like it's, an, it's meant to be like an occasional thing, right? And I think what I'm seeing in the studies that are being released a lot is that people are using it. Um, 
like on a daily basis and a very regular thing. And that's the problem. Their dosages are higher than what's recommended too, because maybe you're not getting the same effect of taking just one tablet of melatonin. So now you're taking two every night and now all of a sudden you're having negative repercussions because you keep upping your dosage too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sleep is important and being outside, of course, helps Mm -hmm. with that as well. Also, I wanted to touch on um, the air. So the reason, well, one of the reasons why the outside air is so healthy for you is because it's what the trees are releasing into the air that you're breathing in. And so what you're breathing in are the natural oils from the trees themselves Okay, and those natural oils are going to do a lot, especially for your gut health. Okay, and so your gut is where 80% of your immune system is developed. And so literally going outside and breathing in, especially in the forest, this is why forest bathing is really powerful, you're breathing in the natural oils that the trees release, that's then improving your gut health overall. Okay, so... um, Think about the healthiest people that you know. They likely spend a lot of time outside. I never thought about that. This is the first time I've heard about the trees. But it reminds me a lot of like honey, like eating local natural honey because it has the, you know, the health benefits of that local ecosystem in it. So I guess the same would kind of be true with whatever the trees are putting out in your area too. And then your body just being in sync with all of the other life forces around you. So that's that's cool. I never mm-hmm. kind of thought of that before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really cool benefits, right, to, uh, to being outside. Um, but what I really love, and, and I know you do too, Michael, is in addition to the health benefits, um, the inspiration, right? Like that sense of awe, that wonder, that uh, we access by being outside. And that's why, I mean, I'll I'll speak for myself. I don't know about you, but that's why I really love hosting um, experiences and retreats in nature because I want you to access that, that sense of awe and wonder and connecting to your true self, your soul. And you do that by being outside, right? Like it helps you to remember like, whoa, I am just one person in this entire galaxy. And it really, it can blow your mind when you let yourself go there. And you can't access that feeling as much by thinking about it when you're inside unless you're outside. Like think about the last time you went camping and you looked up at the stars. You know that feeling, Mm -hmm. right? We've all, well, hopefully you've all done this, right? Where you've gone camping and you go outside The fire is almost out. You're about ready to go to sleep and you get to just look at the stars and you're like, whoa, this is so cool. Think about my my role in all of this and how small I am, but also how magical I am with everything that's a part of me, right? Because I'm a part of it all. So I love that feeling that you can access um, by being there and being out in nature, and then also having it be like a guided experience, right? To take you through that over the course of a day or preferably a few days. It allows you to go so much deeper on a personal level, on a team building level, 
the reflections you have, whether it's looking at the stars or it's looking out at a body of water. It allows you to pause. It allows you to get out of uh, sync with the normal monotony of going into the office, opening your inbox, doing the same thing, taking a break at the same time. It just helps your mind go places where it otherwise wouldn't have gone if you didn't immerse yourself into a retreat-like experience. And I don't know, I don't have anything to back this up, but I think being outside just makes you a better person. Yeah. And I mean that because you realize that this world is, you are part of it, but you also are uh, connected to it in ways that you rely on the trees. You rely on the food that comes from the soil. You rely on the sunlight. Like sometimes I think as humans, we, we think, all right, we're top of the food chain. We're so smart. Look at our technological advances. Like, and we forget that like, we're just part of this universe, this world. And if I'm just a part of it, I hope my impact is more positive than negative. I hope I'm being more sustainable and leaving this place better than when I came here. And you think about the the throwaway society we have with materialism, how much plastic is out there. Like, I just think being outside makes you appreciate that stuff more and makes you more mindful. And hopefully then you take action to be uh, a better person, Mm -hmm. more kind and just not in it for yourself and in your own little corner of your home thinking about your own things, but the more universal goal, I guess, of humanity. Totally. And I mean, and to, to add on to that feeling or, you know, how we think that we're the top of the food chain and like we can do no wrong. We only have one earth, right? And if we don't take care of it, the earth will, like, we can't live without it. And so when you are outside, that helps you to your point, remember how vital um, it is that you respect the earth in your in your lifetime because we're just borrowing it right like in our future generations our children need to um, enjoy it as well and so we have to take care of it and we need to being out outside more helps you see the importance of taking care of it t- taking care of it because you want to enjoy it and we need it we need each other yeah, and it makes me come back full circle to what we were talking about a little bit earlier with you know technology and nothing against technology. It improves all of our lives, and I'm very grateful for technology. I mean, if we didn't have the technology, we wouldn't be able to record this right now. We wouldn't right. be able to get it out to our listeners, so I definitely don't want to be anti-technology. But when you think about the solutions again of where technology is going and where it's trying to take us in terms of a metaverse or what have you, but also think about it in terms of rockets think of it in terms of trying to get to mars like trying to leave earth and i get that it's good to explore and to know more about space and to have that capability but it always seems like we're trying to go somewhere else we're trying to go beyond what we are where we're currently at as opposed to maybe digging deeper appreciating finding the value and all the benefits from going deeper inward taking care of this planet, like you said, versus saying, well, at some point or another, we're all going to have to go on to Mars because we can't take care of this planet. Right. That's just kind of sad to me, I guess. So I, I agree. hundred percent agree. Like why are we always looking? It's almost like 
how we as humans like to always look outside of us for answers and look outside of us for things to improve how we feel on the inside when really it's already everything's already right there you just have to access what's there that's what i'm trying to say don't get me wrong i love sci-fi and i love exploration and the universe is cool and i i love explore exploration so don't get me wrong with you know all the work that's being done and on that front but to your point right there like let's start inward first let's take care of ourselves mind body and soul let's take care of this planet before we start trying to find external solutions to internal problems totally yes so um you have a retreat coming up outside i do i have a retreat coming up and Before I even go into some of the elements of that retreat, I think what's pretty fascinating right now, and it could just be a a byproduct of the last two years with COVID and people being virtual and in their homes, but starting to explore a lot more conversations and proposals with clients who are looking for capstone events. They're looking for whether it's elements of Mm well-being on your front, whether it's leadership, but How do we now, in in a safe way, get people back together, get them to reconnect for not lost time, but in some ways it kind of feels like lost time because there's only so much connection you can have behind a computer screen. So how do we kind of revitalize the culture, get people feeling good, and not just immediately going back to the office to get that, but maybe doing some kind of cool event. And so I'm actually actively right now proposing to a couple of clients a capstone type of event, which would take them out into some beautiful parts of this country where they would get to explore in a variety of activities. Some, of course, fly fishing because fly fishing, whether you are actively a fly fisher or not, it humbles you in a lot of ways. It teaches you to slow down. It teaches you to observe things. And there is a little bit of um, you know, mystery with it and a little bit of Intrepidation where people don't want to necessarily do it because it's the unknown, but you find out soon thereafter, once you just start trying and build on progress, this is actually pretty cool. It's not as scary as I thought. So you draw your own parallels there to life. But in addition to fly fishing, some hiking, some maybe some yoga, we do some meditation, we're gonna do some group coaching. Of course, we're gonna talk about leadership, you know, and get some executive coaching prior. Uh, we'll talk about concepts in my book, Catching Leadership. And the whole goal is to really harness a lot of those things that we talked about earlier on this episode, which is the health benefits of being outside, the ability to pause, the ability to draw new parallels and connections, and to start being intentional regardless of what's happened in the past of the type of leader and person you want to be when you go back into your daily life. Mm -hmm. And without this type of event to kind of hit the pause button, sometimes it's hard to do that. So it's really um, encouraging, I guess, and I'm sure you're, you're seeing this, and I know you are because we talk about it from interests of different clients. So happy to dive deeper into some of the retreat stuff, but just wanted to share with your listeners that like companies are starting to look for outside of the box ways to let people reconnect. Right. They really are. I mean, I'm in talks with several clients right now, too, to um, customize some wellness retreats for them outside and do this kind of work outside because... Like you just said, the power of the pause um, in nature and getting outdoors. We want, I'm seeing companies want to get together and they want um, to connect, but they don't want to do it inside in the office. Clearly, you know, people are over that right now. So doing that outdoors has 
um, just layers and layers of benefits together. So I'm really encouraged and inspired and excited to see this trend um, that is being brought to, uh, you know, professionals right now because I think it's just so needed and there is an absolute way to bring an overlap nature and professionalism together. I don't think you can have one without the other and I think that's been a big part that has been missing for a long time and maybe that's what the pandemic has ushered in is to help us reconnect with what's real um, and bring that into our work, right? Bring that in inspiration and creativity and have that fill up our own cups so that we can um, go to where we want to go. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you said it beautifully. And I just, I hope that the trend continues and I, I'm confident that it will. But the beautiful thing about it too is whenever you attend an event like this, that we're describing right now, you leave with tools that of course will help the team and the culture and you know the bottom line or whatever with the company. That's the reason why companies are gonna invest in this because they wanna retain their talent, they want new ideas, they want better camaraderie and all that stuff. But everything that you learn at one of these types of events, you can incorporate in your own personal life. Right. So if it's taking uh, better care of yourself and the way that you think about yourself or the way that you eat or it's learning a couple new skills with hobbies like fishing or hiking that you can then enjoy with your family, like that helps you on a personal level too, beyond just the benefits that the organization would be getting from you attending the event too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's most important, right? In my opinion, <laughs> I, want, I want individuals to reconnect personally because the change that people are seeking um, always starts within. It always starts with you. And when you are able to access that that peace and that um, fulfillment and that wholeness within, that is when you're going to see the the results outside of you. Yep. And I love that philosophy that you bring to the table too, because when we talk about well-being from your perspective and leadership from your perspective, it really is from the individual first, like taking care of your self, mind, body, and soul so that you can show up and be a great leader for your team, which sometimes is overlooked, I think, especially when we think of concepts like servant leadership, which I love servant leadership, but if you give and give and give and it's always outside of you, I need to give to my team, I need to do this, and you don't take care of yourself, you're going to crash and burn. And we mm -hmm. talked about that in that previous episode, episode three, that I had my own story with that. So I 100% agree with you there. And I just wanted to um, bring up a point that you asked earlier about an upcoming retreat or an event that I have going on and some of the elements that go into planning an event, a successful event like this, because I don't know if you've come across this, but I think it parallels a lot within the coaching industry too, where like a lot of people want to uh, become coaches and then they get into coaching and they're like, ooh, this is a little bit trickier, a little more emotionally laboring than I thought. It's not a good. And I think the same thing can be said about retreats too, where there are a lot of people who are like, oh, this would be cool. I want to host a retreat. I want to take leaders or a group of people out on these cool, epic adventures and whatnot. But then you start thinking about what goes into all of the planning, the activities, if it's all inclusive, the lodging, the meals, because when we talk about these experiences, it's important that you're hitting on all cylinders, that you're giving them a unique perspective and value 
and, and sharing with them all of these beautiful gifts that you can provide as a facilitator. So with that being said, that's what I'm trying to do this June in the Driftless area here in the Midwest up in uh, Wisconsin. It's a three-night, four-day experience where each leader who attends is going to receive some executive coaching on the front end. So I'm going to be able to take a deep dive into their specific challenges and what they're looking to get out of the retreat. They'll also um, experience and, and have the benefit of having their own personal cabin so that they'll have some downtime, that some free time to self-reflect and to enjoy just some peace and quiet. We're not just going to be go, 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 because that's another thing you can do at retreats that we've learned through the years too, is you gotta find that balance of meaningful activities, but also allowing people to integrate what they're learning as well. Yeah, I've made that mistake at a retreat before. Hey, you live and you learn. <laughs> you live and you learn. And we <laughs> we continue to, every time we host one of these, we keep getting better and we learn what resonates with people and finding the balance. And then from the meal side, uh, I'll be bringing you in, which I'm very excited about, because not only will you be helping cook some healthy and delicious meals at the retreat, I'm also going to ask you to lead some meditation, some mindfulness stuff, and even some yoga. Like, you might think this sounds a little crazy, but when you're fly fishing, like, ooh, you get some tight spots in your shoulders and neck, and you need a little bit of stretching maybe before and after. So, can you throw out your back fly fishing? Of course. <laughs> if there's a way to throw out your back, I'm sure I, I can do it because. Uh, no, it don't like say I, that. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but if you're proactive in your yoga and stretching and mindful and being careful where you're walking and wading in the water, you can prevent a lot of that injury. Uh, anyway, food, meditation, yoga. There'll also be some bonfires at night. You're talking about looking up the stars, connection, networking. And there's also going to be some awesome giveaways. I love for people to feel like they're totally abundant and taken care of and um, you know just really ending on a on a strong note too. So this is coming up June 9th through the 12th. Again, it's in Wisconsin and it's in a beautiful part of the country that's overlooked called the Driftless area and it's going to be this beautiful balance of leadership activities, fly fishing activities, some hiking and just some restoration which we all need right now. So you can check that out at catchingleadership.com under the retreats tab if you want to learn more. I think one of the most important parts of attending a retreat is a facilitator because a facilitator has to be able to hold space for you during your pause, right? During the retreat itself. And when they're smaller, more intimate retreats, um, like really all the ones I've ever held and what Michael um, has held and continues to with his upcoming retreats, you get direct access to that person, right? You have more, a longer uh, access to them over the course of those few days. And the power of um, uh, close proximity to someone is almost priceless, right? Like you have access to your energy. Uh, and access to ask you questions and like just really tune into you throughout um the retreat or me or whoever the facilitator is so um i think more than the location and what you're getting out of it and what you're doing it's who is leading it and who is facilitating it and are they embodying what it is that you are attending and wanting to get out of right which I said before, you're the most embodied leader I know, so you clearly are. Um, and so anyone who attends, 
um, your retreats, they feel that and they experience that. And so I just think that's something to keep in mind, right? Like if you're considering attending a retreat at any time, uh, think about who's leading it, who's facilitating it. Do you vibe with them? Are you aligned with them? Are you inspired by them? And do you want to be in close proximity to them in the in the environment that you're going to be in together? Because I think it's just, it's vital. Two thoughts on that. Excellent point. Thank you for saying that. It's very kind of you. Um, and I know that you mean it. So thank you. Um, the first one is on the facilitator guide. The beautiful thing about these types of experiences is that you get to see a facilitator in a brand new way. If I show up in a company and I have a one hour time slot or a two hour time slot at most typically to go over different leadership training or approaches or how to be a better coach for your teams, I can only show up in a certain way. Yes, I want to be engaging. I want to give you practice and whatever. But to Alicia's point, when you're with me for an entire weekend, you get to see me in a new way. And it's not like, oh, are we on schedule with this agenda? I need to move on to the next thing. But we can actually sit down and just check in. And it's a much more human feel and a more natural feel. Yeah, it's more relaxed and more like, I don't say more authentic because, you know, speaking and leading. No, it is. It, it can be because, you, well, for, for us, we're in our, in our, in our, you know, prime location, our, our place where we thrive, right, is in nature. So you get like a cooler, I don't know. I'm saying Part it to you. 100% is. And I will, I'll say that right now to anyone who's listening. All right, listening fine. Right it's now. more authentic when we're in nature. Okay, look at look at my brand and look at everything that I do. If you get me out into a fishing element and you get me more relaxed and talking and whatnot, I'm going to be able to help you and feel more comfortable. You put me in a suit and a tie and yes, I can go do that. And I've done the consulting corporate world ever and I will still show up as Michael the best that I can. But there will still always be a layer to that onion that won't come off the same way it will at one of these experiences. True. I agree. Same for me. I mean, I'm so much more authentic when we're walking around barefoot outside and yoga pants and... Because that's you, right? <laughs> no that's makeup, you. hair down. And there's a time and a place for both, right? So, yeah. you know, there. I, I love getting dressed up and, and doing those type of events too, but... Anyway, that was one element. But the second element, back to the facilitation points that you were making, is the level of exhaustion following a retreat from the facilitator. Whoa. I know that I've helped you in the past when you facilitated and you needing to come back and like having that recovery day and like that was a lot of energy and time and emotional, you know, energy that was spent on that event. I've felt that now too. Mm. And so again, it comes back to this concept where like people want to get into coaching or want to get into retreats and that's awesome. Go do it. We need more of them in the world. But just know that like it is a lot of work to plan, market, facilitate a great event and then come back and you yourself almost need like a day or two of decompression to just allow yourself to kind of catch your breath because you're always on. So even though yeah. you're authentic, right? So we're wearing comfortable clothes, we're in our element you're taking on six or eight people's challenges and you're trying to make sure their experience is good and everyone has their own opinions and what they like. Did they like the food? Did they catch any fish? Did they have a good time? And so you're constantly thinking about these things and making sure the experience is top notch. You need some of that decompression. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work too. Yeah, it's very rewarding. I mean, on the back end, you definitely have to recover from it. Um, but on the front end, you have to prepare and you have to be in a state of overflow. Like you have to be feeling so good and have, uh, energy and then some, 
right? Like you, you have to be filled up and then additional energy that you can pour into your, your attendees from that state of overflow. So I think the, pre- the preparation of just yourself as a facilitator before you go into those retreats um, are, you know, super important, right? Like deep level of self-care, taking a couple of days off beforehand. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, getting a massage, getting my outfits ready, like feeling as good as I can, meditating, taking time off, journaling, um, mani, petty, hair done, like all of the things that you just feel so taken care of and supported so that then you can give into others, which, hmm, I think I teach on that quite a bit. It's the essence of what I, I teach, right? So you really get to um, experience what that is and looks like of someone pouring from an over full cup so what you're saying is even though you're in yoga pants you're glowing because your hair is all did up and you have a fresh exactly and you're just glowing and vibrant right freshly massaged usually acupuncture have been barefoot for days why don't we just bring in the massage therapist and the acupuncturist and I hey, I've done that before. Well, not my acupuncturist, but I should probably do that because, wow. You guys, if you aren't going to acupuncture, you need to go. You need to. Okay. Anyway, we have to wrap this up. Um, But like Michael said, you can check out his upcoming retreat uh, on his website. I'll actually have the link for that in the show notes along with the study that we discussed earlier, the book, um, anything like that. Uh, if you are interested in connecting with either Michael or myself for customizing an experience or a retreat for um, you or your company or your teams, please don't ever hesitate to reach out because we're we're getting a lot of those really cool proposals and I'm actually booking up um, right now for this year and early in next year. But that's something to keep in mind as well. And thank you guys so much for joining us today. I think this is a really fun conversation. I'd love to hear what your biggest takeaways were uh, over on LinkedIn. You can always connect with me at Alicia Leadham. Um, Michael's very active on LinkedIn as well. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you for having me on. I'm sure uh, we'll continue this conversation. And hopefully as we continue delivering these retreats, we'll continue learning and uh, sharing some of the fun stories. We didn't bring any up today, but... Uh, Alicia led a retreat in Sedona one time, Arizona, and it actually snowed. So that was interesting. And there's always lessons learned as a facilitator and as a leader when you put these events on. So um, anyway, I encourage you, if you have never been to a retreat, really explore it. And also just from a guy's standpoint, because I'm assuming many of your listeners are probably going to be women, uh, encourage your, your significant other, spouse, brother, father, whoever, if they need some time for themselves to find something like a fly fishing retreat, right? It's not going to be too over the top and hippy dippy for them that they'll feel out of their comfort zone. Although I will push them out of their comfort zone a little bit, but it will allow them to unplug, recharge and invest in themselves in a way that maybe they haven't in the past. And when they've always been putting others before their own needs. So please share that information with anyone you deem fit. And thank you all for listening. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.